Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everybody to the Bridgeway podcast. This is episode four, and uh, I have Bridgeway's children's director here with us, Krista Meyer, and I'm so glad you're with me today. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk to you. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing of good. Of course. Thanks. Yeah. So um, when I reached out to you and asked you uh, what you'd want to talk about first and foremost, you'll of course be on the show um, several times throughout the rest of the year and hopefully perennially after that. But um, you were like, let's talk about the vision of children's ministry, especially here at Bridgeway. Yes. Yeah. Why is it that that kind of popped up in your head, like right at the beginning? Um, I think that um, one of the things that I miss being able to do is just sharing the reason behind what we do. Yeah. Because, I mean, is it is, is our largest volunteer wing uh, at Bridgeway children's volunteers? Oh, good. Absolutely. But far and away. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's you don't often get to just sit down with all of them and talk. No. Unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of my interaction with people um, is with the volunteers, and it's, it's just kind of getting people into a classroom trained and equipped and ready to go. Yeah. And so I don't get to share um, our heart, where children's ministry has come from and where we are now and yeah. what we really want to do with our children and for our kids. Right. And I'm sure that's a struggle that a lot of different churches have that, you know, they, they constantly are trying to talk to people about yeah. vision and not just get them to do tasks. And yes. Um, yes. so I'm sure our listeners, even outside of Bridgeway, can, <laughs> can um, sympathize with that a bit. Yes, so that's I believe great. so. Awesome. Well, that, that's fantastic. Um, so um, let, let's dive in. I, I, want, okay. I want to hear just kind of in general what you believe is the main aim of children's ministry within a church? Like what should the main vision be for a church, uh, for its children's ministry? What is it here at Bridgeway? Okay, uh, yeah. okay. So I believe that children's ministry should be seen as a missional opportunity first and foremost. So Jesus commanded his disciples to go and make disciples of all the nations, essentially go share the gospel with the unbelievers of all the nations and then spend time discipling them as they mature in their faith. And so it's easy to hear this and think that that means um, going abroad on the mission field. Um, but I just think that a church can't miss the opportunity that's right inside of their very walls. Right. Yep. So a children's ministry should be seen and approached as a whole mission field of unbelievers or mm. at best young believers that are ready to be discipled and, and grown in their faith. Yeah, that's really interesting. We, we, we had Andy Edwards, our pastor of missions, oh, on, yeah. on last week to talk about mm -hmm. why we must go to the nations. Uh -huh. And we talked about how like if we can't go to our neighbor or to our own backyard Absolutely. or like in your case to our own children yes. who are coming to our church building every week and go yes. to them with the mission of Christ we'll never go to the nations absolutely yeah and absolutely. so um I think that's great but then you also said something really interesting I've never thought of it like this before which mm -hmm. is crazy but it's like you, you said it's like it, you know not necessarily the worst case in the best case it's you know young believers but in the you know almost in the worst case it's like this is an unreached people group here absolutely I've never thought absolutely. about our children's ministry as unreached people group Absolutely. So we would never load our van with a group of unbelievers, bring them to church, 
put them in a back room somewhere with a movie or some entertainment and then go sit in the sanctuary and grow in our walk with the Lord. Like our first focus would be to pour into those unbelievers. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I've never, yeah. I wonder why I haven't thought of children as an unreached people group before I, I i don't know if it's like oh they're innocent little kids and it's like well sure. but if we believe in the fall and if we believe yeah. in total depravity and all these absolutely. things it's like we have to take seriously the call to evangelize our children absolutely wow absolutely okay so that's kind of what you said is like the foundation of mm-hmm. of the vision is like okay this is a mission this is missional first and yes. foremost what else is yes. kind of the aim um so i think we use every available opportunity to share the gospel mm. with our kids and then we um we need to be walking alongside parents um, who are the primary disciplers of their kids. So we need to be walking alongside them, equipping them, resourcing them, supporting them, um, and then just coming together with one mission, and that's to bring their kids to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Yeah, and and I mean, I know that for a lot of churches, there seems to be a disconnect uh, mm-hmm. for like, what we do on a Sunday morning with yes. the kids and then that e- equipping and resourcing of parents. Absolutely. Uh, like what has that been hard for you? Absolutely. Yeah. That's been one of the biggest struggles is just um, bridging that gap. So um, we have the kids for maybe an hour and a half a week. Of course, parents are the biggest influencers right. in their kids' lives. Um, and I think a lot of parents um, maybe feel ill-equipped, maybe yeah. maybe are looking for the right resources. Um, and I think that we have this great opportunity to say, well, we've got an hour and a half. We're going to be intentional with that time. Mm-hmm. But then we're going to make sure we're sending you home for the other hours of the week um, to be doing your job yeah. um, and your calling. Right. Yeah. My, my, my wife is a pre-K teacher. And so mm-hmm. she often talks about how like, you know, the, the parents bring their kids with behavior problems in and they're like, fix my kid. And it's yeah. like, dude, I can't undo what you do hour after hour after hour at home in the half day pre-K that I have them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. in a way, it, it does it does it ever feel like you're fighting an uphill battle in that way where it's like, or yeah. do, you, do you feel like, no, this is like, this is all we need and we can do it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, how do yeah, you I see just those feel two? Like it's, I think it's really a team effort. Totally. I think if we can walk side by side, if we can agree that we're in this together, that we have the same goal, um, I just think it's a great uh, partnership of walking alongside parents. And, That's awesome. And um, being able to rejoice in in the successes and being able to pray together in the hard times and the, the what feel like failures mm. and just knowing that the whole journey becomes each child's story. And Jesus is going to use it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So what are some of the ways you talk about being intentional with the gospel in the Mm -hmm. hour and a half you have them? What are some of the ways Mm -hmm. that you guys do that on a week in, week out basis? Um, So we are, we are dedicated to um, word and spirit in kids, just, just like Bridgeway is. We, we want to present both really well. And so um, we've never been able to find like a perfect curriculum. There's <laughs> right. never been a box to open and it just pops out all fully prepared right. and ready. And so um, we spend a lot of time trying to find the best curriculum that we can find that's gospel-centered. Um, and then we um, add all of the unique Bridgeway things to it to make it really organic and really feel like home for us. And so um, whatever season we're in, we, we um, change directions a lot and we present new things from season to season, but we're always looking for the curriculum that um, presents the word um, 
and for the curriculum that is going to tell the big story of Jesus from mm. Genesis to Revelation. And then along the way, we stop and we we focus on some topical studies, which are really important and fun for the kids. Um, but in the long run, we want them to know and see that Jesus is at the beginning of the story and Jesus is, the, is at the end of the story yeah. and that all of us need him day by day by day. I love that. I feel like in my own upbringing in Sunday school, it was always about Bible stories and moralizing. Yes. Right? Like it was like, here's the story of David and Goliath. So you need to be brave like David. And here's a story about Joseph and Potiphar's wife. And so you need to seek purity and run away whenever temptation comes. It was always some kind of more. So it sounds like that's not what's taking place at Bridgeway Kids. So what what you guys are doing, you're saying Jesus is at the beginning and he's at the end. So you're looking at Christ-centered curriculum. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah. I don't believe that the Bible is a story of heroes. Right. I believe this Bible is a story of one hero who yeah. uses weak and sinful people to bring glory to himself. And so that's what we want the kids to see um, through through the whole story yeah. of, of the gospel. I love it. And then I'll give a little teaser for the next time I'm going to have you on the show yes. because uh, I, I want to ask all the questions of like, well, we talked about being word and spirit. Uh-huh. So how do you incorporate the Holy Spirit into this gospel-centered model, but we're going to dedicate a whole episode to that yes. next time we talk. So yes. yeah, listeners, if that's interesting to you, how do you how do you introduce your kids to the Holy Spirit at a young age? Why do we do that? Mm-hmm. You're going to want to tune in next time Krista's on the show. Uh, that's going to be really exciting. So, yes. um, so is there any other main um, aims in children's ministry, or is that kind of lay the foundation for you, or is there anything else you want to um, touch? I think that gives us a good foundation. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So why, so we talked about it being missional. We talked about it needs to be word and spirit based. We need to, we need to tell, tell our, tell our children from a young age that there's one hero in the story of the Bible and that hero is Jesus and they need him desperately. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, let's, let's zoom out. We kind of zoomed in right at the beginning on children's yeah. ministry. Let, let's zoom out and say, why is children's ministry vital then to the life of the whole church? Like how do okay. those things interact with one another, the life of the whole church and then children's mm-hmm. ministry, how do those interplay? Absolutely. So I think that if we just start at scripture and talk about um, how Jesus told his disciples to let the children come to me and do not hinder them because mm. the kingdom of heaven belongs to such of these. Um, and I think if we take that at face value, then we can all agree that children hold a special place um, in the kingdom and he they, they're special to Jesus. And so I think we have to investigate um, why that is, yeah. accept that for what it says. Um, and so I think that we have to put our children first. Um, mm. Yeah. What, what do you, uh, cause you talked about, yeah, like I feel like it's always accepting it as it is for me whenever it's like, let the, let the mm-hmm. children come to me. And I'm like, okay, Jesus loves children, period. Like, is right. that it? Uh, right. And he's like, so, but you also said like, we need to investigate why that's why? the case Absolutely. and why we need to put them first, why we need to value and treasure them. Exactly. Is, is there something you could speak into that? Well, I feel like that, um, this is a time when our little ones are beginning to form their understanding of the world. Mm. They are beginning to understand relationships, love, um, they're understanding who God is. Um, and I think this is the place where we begin to put down deep roots. This is the place where we are tilling the soil of their hearts to receive the word from week to week. And so I just um, think that we can't miss the opportunity when um, children are ready to receive truth. Yeah. Um, and so this is a really important time. There was a survey put out in 2015 by the Association 
no, I'm sorry, the National Association of Evangelicals. Okay. And they said that um, of 65, they said that 65% of believing Christians received Christ between the ages of four and 14. Oh, wow. And so they call that time the 414 window. Oh. Yeah. And so I think, um, of course, not all children are going to receive Christ between right. the ages of four and 14. But if we take this survey to give us any, any, data or any proof that this is an important time in kids' lives, um, then I think we have to be intentional about using it for what it's worth. Um, and even when we look at just like the prodigal story and we look at how here's this this child who had deep roots, mm. he was the wayward child, he went his own way, but he eventually returned back to what he knew mm. was good, loving, kind, yeah. and truth. And so yeah, we can good. trust that. We trust that story that um, our children will real, we I'm sorry, that our children will return yeah. to what they know is true. That's really cool. And I also think about, um, th- this seems to be like, God, God knows this is how people will come to faith. Mm-hmm. Like, I think about Deuteronomy yeah. and all of his commands to teach this to your children. Tell them about the story of the Exodus. Yes. Like, whenever you sit down and have the Passover meal, mm-hmm. do it in such a way that your kids will go, Hey, Dad, why are we eating this right. lamb and all of it? And why is there no leaven in the house this week? You know, right. like, And you'll tell them why, because of the Exodus story and because yes. of what I've done. And it's uh-huh. like... Um, like write these rules in your house and put them up. You know, right. like uh, when, right. when you wake up in the morning, tell your children um, of my laws, my decrees. And when you put them to bed, do the mm-hmm. same thing. It's like, why? Right. It's because God knew that like yes. from a young age, you want to lay down roots of his word and his Absolutely. mighty saving action. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah, I love that. So uh-huh. we need to be intentional at that time, that 414 window. Okay, so we, we spent a little bit of time talking about um, some of the, the foundations that um, is, should be the aim of children's ministry. We talked about why it's vital for the life of the church, because when these kids are in that 414 window, they, their hearts are fertile for yeah. uh, deep gospel roots. Yeah. Um, and, and then I wanted you to speak into a little bit about, are there, other than being gospel-centered, looking to Jesus as the one hero of all history, yeah. being missional with our kids, is there any other distinctives within Bridgeway culture itself, um, within children's ministry? that you'd like to point out? Yes, absolutely. Okay. This is what I love to talk about. Um, So we have, um, we feel like a time of worship is really important for our kids. And so in every area, we have set apart some side, I'm sorry, we have set apart some side you set a, you set aside. We have set aside a, <laughs> some time. There we go for um, all of our children to yeah. engage in some worship time. So even in the nursery, we we do a program called Cradle Choir, where we we come in and we just sing truth over them using mm. some nursery rhyme tunes. Um, and so it's really fun to see the kids gather around the carpet when they know that worship time is coming. Um, and then by the time we get into elementary ages, um, we actually have a live worship in the back room. And for so elementary kids. For elementary kids. <laughs> yes. So um, we, we have um, fun back there singing, praising, raising our hands, dancing. Yeah. Um, and is that, is that like, oh, you're pushing play on a, like a, a jukebox or speaker system? Or do you have a band and like yeah. musicians and singers? Yes. We actually have a band back there. <laughs> live band every week. Um, and this is also the place where we introduce some foundational truths that we want the kids to 
um, springboard their worship from. So we oh, want to make okay. sure that they know why they're worshiping, yeah. why why they're singing. We're all always worshiping something, right? That's right. But we want to be directing their worship towards God. Um, and so we present back there what we call big truths. Yeah. And this is um, this is just a group of 16 question and answer foundational truths. It's kind of like a catechism. Kind of like a catechism, okay. right. Um, we developed them um, to give us... Well, that's cool. Th- this is like our focus. So, um, for example, our first one is who created everything and the kids um, learn to respond with God created everything through his spoken word and he called it very good. Mm. And, and they'll then, say that. They will say that. Yeah. So we do call and response. We'll work on it for a month. Oh my gosh. Um, and then that's the, that is the focus of our worship for that morning. Okay. So would you start with the call and response and then worship? Um, sometimes, sometimes we mix it up. Okay. Yeah. Each week is a little, depending on who's leading, everyone brings kind of their own flavor okay. um, to what it looks like. But um, this is also a place where we set apart time for ministry time. So we want the kids to to be able to respond to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to them during worship. So mm. um, we give them space for prayer. We give them space to not just be prayed for, but to pray for others. And so um, we really, this is a space where we let them kind of walk things out and, and get to play a little bit with the things that they're That's learning. That's so precious. I, I'm like, I'm it blows my mind a bit because... Like when I was in Sunday school, there was never worship time. Right. It was we didn't really have our own worship time until youth group. Right. Uh, right. And 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 so the only time I got to learn songs and sing to the Lord mm-hmm. was in big church. Is right. What we called it. Right. Going to big church. Uh-huh. And so uh, that's that's I feel like that's very rare, or I don't know how sure. rare it is, but it's at least very distinctive, at least from my own uh-huh. experience. Mm-hmm. What like why worship? Like why is that something that you probably feel like is it's a it's non non negotiable. We're gonna oh, worship. I absolutely. mean, even from nursery time. Absolutely. So why, why worship? I think I think we're all going. We all need a place to express mm. the beauty of Christ. And so, um, like I said, we're all always worshiping something. Yeah. Um, and we want kids to begin worshiping, um, Jesus. We want them to worship the Lord for the truth that they're learning. Each week, we want that to be their expression, um, and this is also kind of a training ground. Um, like we we know that a, a lot of the kids that are back there, um, this is their first exposure to corporate worship, yeah. and and so it gives us a place to stop and and um, teach postures. We we can stop and we can talk about well, now why do we raise our hands? If you go into big church with mom and dad, why are you going to see people raising their hands? Yeah, and so we have places to just stop and say. Um, this is why we dance before the Lord, mm. like David did. This is why we raise our hands. This is a time that we would kneel in the presence of the Lord. And so it's just a fun training place um, for what corporate worship looks like, um, maybe in its fullness. Yeah, and I, I, I think about, um, I've talked to parents before, even in like my own community group, that mm-hmm. kind of wrestle with this idea of like, well, I want my kids to be with me during the worship mm-hmm. service mm-hmm. in big church. Sure. Um and, uh, and, and yet I've, but I never had them tell me like, I know they worship in their own classroom, but I want them uh-huh. to be with me. I don't even know if they know about that or if they do, if they don't value it. So right. like, I don't know if you even want to do this, but I'll just ask you like, okay. what, what, what would be a case you would make for like, let your children worship with the other children. Like this is built for them. Like sure, what sure. kind of case would you make? I think them? there's always value to parents bringing their kids into big church sure, main yeah. service with them. I love that. And I would be an advocate for worshiping together as a family, but there's also something fun about having a space that um, is really 
um, it's made and designed and created for kids to have fun in, for kids to play in, practice in, um, a place where we can stop and kind of point out the things that, that we're doing and why we're doing them. Um, we're intentional like intentional um, about giving them the focus for their worship. Mm. Um, and certainly all of those things um, can happen in main worship with mom and dad. Yeah. Um, but but I, I, I think it's fun. Yeah. I think um, it's, I mean, it's just, it's a free place for the kids to be. Yeah. Um, I see a lot more people dancing in the back room than I normally see out front when I'm worshiping in big service. Yeah. So there's just a different freedom in the back room. Nobody is concerned about what people are going to think about me yet. It's yeah. just a different freedom back there um, for the kids to just really cut loose. That's so fun. Um, yeah. That's great. Um, I, I'm also thinking about like the all the volunteers who mm-hmm. are back there with the kids, mm-hmm. leading them in 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 worship. Yeah, but also just in general, like yes. you have all these people, you know, leading and volunteering, giving up their time, giving you know, not mm-hmm. sitting with their family during one yes. service, something like that. Um, you know, so what what role does um, ministering to the volunteers, mm-hmm. like what role does children's ministry play in ministering sure. to your volunteers? Um, so. During kid worship, we certainly just ask our volunteers, like, this is just a time for you to come back and worship. Oh, just, cool. Just model it. Just be involved. So you're just, not saying, like, come and loose. be a babysitter. No, no, <laughs> never. That that would be one of my biggest uh, my biggest arguments is that we are never babysitting yeah. and we're never just providing child care. Um, so in kid worship, we're really asking the volunteers, um, just come be like a child. Mm. Like, see what it feels like to approach Jesus like a like a child with that innocent faith. And so you say you say you have them come and model worship, but it's almost like you're having the kids model worship yes. for the adults. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, we're all we're all modeling for each other a little bit, I guess. That's great. So you said yeah. so. This is not a place babysitting or child care is no. out of the question. Absolutely. That, what's that discussion sound like for you? Um, so I think it's an easy slip for for people to say, "Do you have child care? Do you provide child care?" Mm. Um, it's just one. Of those things that stays in the forefront of my mind is like, ugh, we are not right. just providing childcare. Certainly, we are caring for children. We want, you know, to have a safe place, a loving place that nurtures children. Yeah. Um, but we we would never stop at just at just childcare or babysitting. Right. Like every moment is designed to be intentional. Every moment mm. from welcoming time to exiting time um, and everything in between, we are we are, are really pouring pouring into the kids as much as we can. I love that. And so it would it, you it would probably be that one of the main misconceptions that people have about children's ministry is this is childcare. This Absolutely. is this is free babysitting while I go do the real work of coming to church. Like mm-hmm. it, my job is to go and sit and go to the big church and my kids are a hindrance to that so I I, I put them I put them in the childcare center exactly. and then I I'm, I'm free to do do the real church thing. Exactly. That's one misconception. Are there that any is. other misconceptions about children's ministry? Um I think that kind of leads into one um, that I've heard often is that children's ministry is important because this is the future of the church. And certainly, children are the future. Sure. I mean, that makes sense. But they're also the now of the church. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, if the if the word says, Ephesians 4, 4 and 5 says there's one body and one spirit, mm. um, I often say there is no junior Holy Spirit. Oh, there that's is great. one one spirit, and he's working um, in all of in all of us in the same way. And so um, our young believers are a part of the church. They're a part of the body. They're functioning through the um, power of the Holy Spirit. They have gifts to add to the body. Yeah. Um, and so they are they're important. 
All right, well, we talked about misconceptions. Let's let's keep it super positive now and talk about challenges. Yes. What are some of like the key challenges to doing children's ministry, especially here at Bridgeway? Okay, so um, we talked a little bit earlier about one of the challenges I feel like um, is just connecting the gap between Sunday morning and then our parents or our families right. home. Right, because you said yeah. it's like it takes a holistic approach to yeah. bring Jesus to our children. It's not just Sunday. Yes. That's extremely important, but it's also yes. not just the house. We have to work in concert yes. with both church family and nuclear family. Yes, partnership for yeah. sure. And so that's kind of where um, Bridgeway's family discipleship um, idea okay. and has come into play. Can you unpack that for both for our own listeners yeah. like here at Bridgeway and also people around who sure. don't go to Bridgeway? What is family discipleship? Sure. Model? So um, I think most churches approach kind of their families as having um, having adult adult services, and then they have age-specific um, ministries. Um, and oftentimes those age-specific ministries become a little siloed where, sure. where everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Children's ministry, um, middle school, high school, yes. young adult, Absolutely. college. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. And I think there's just this big need to bring all those things together. And so Bridgeway has developed family discipleship as kind of a way to do that. Um, all of our age-related ministries or age-specific ministries should um, be be um, all covered under that umbrella of family discipleship. Um, and that helps us to, to bridge that gap between Sunday morning and home. Yeah. Um, and it's it's equipping parents, it's um, resourcing them, it's supporting them, it's praying for them. Um, it's just being there and being available um, for the, the hard times and the times of celebration. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's kind of the spoke of the wheel, I, I guess, if I could could give it a picture. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, who's a part of that family discipleship team here at Bridgeway then? Um, at Bridgeway, it is myself, and then it is Seth Stewart. Who's our youth youth yes. pastor, and he'll youth be on pastor. he'll be on the show in two weeks to talk yes. to us, so yes. that's great. Absolutely. So yep. the two of, I, two of us have worked together um, to just begin building building the first pieces, and I think you you have probably heard of First Steps, which is, is kind of our very first class for new parents, and it's, um, it's the the foundation that leads into our baby dedications or our child dedications. Right. So um, it's kind of like, what is this parenting thing? And, and what are we all doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have our we, our babies coming in August. So I'll be asking, yes, I'm already asking, the face. I'm asking that question right now. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's yeah. awesome. Um, and, and just so everyone knows also here in in two visits, y- yes. your second visit from now um, yes. on the podcast, we'll, we'll be sitting down with you and Seth to talk about family discipleship. Yes, that'll be exciting. Yeah, that'll be in several months, but we'll get there eventually. Yes. And, but yes. it'll be great. I'm already looking forward to that a lot. Uh-huh. Um, so what, what other what other um, challenges? We, we talked okay. about bridging the gap between the, the, the classroom and the home. What, mm-hmm. what, what else is a challenge? So... We have a whole lot of kids yeah, how many? at Bridgeway. <laughs> um, I think if everybody was there on one particular Sunday, we would probably have about 400 oh children. <laughs> and that's between birth and sixth grade. Wow. So, um, yeah, we have a, a whole lot of kids. And um, we one of the biggest challenges that we face is just being able to accommodate all of our children re- really well. Because we do want to go above and beyond just child care and babysitting because we want to be intentional with all of our kids. Yeah. Um, we're, we're very, we're very um, particular about how many 
children we can take in each class according to how many um, teachers and caregivers we have available for the classes. Mm. Um, we get too many children with too few um, teachers in there, and then um, it just becomes about crowd control. Yeah. And so we are just um, so committed to our vision of, of using all of our time to show the children the beauty of Jesus that um, a lot of times we, we can't receive all of the kids that we have coming, and that breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, and so that's definitely a challenge that we, we are constantly pushing into and, and pressing into. Yeah. And that's a, so that's a, that's a volunteer. You just, you just don't have enough people yeah, yeah. there to staff the rooms. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so we come up short staffing the rooms. Sure. We, um, we, we have at this point, we have the physical space. Um, right. We have successfully um, filled every square inch of the building <laughs> with children, um, you know, not counting the cafe or the main, main sanctuary. Right. Um, but we just, we just come up short being able to staff the classes yep. with teachers and caregivers. Yeah. And I, and I know that, you know, you even told me you don't want this to, you know, this is about vision. We yes. want to talk about the overall picture of the, of the children's ministry. I think you've done that beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't want this to be a, a call for volunteers, yes. Yes. but let, let me, let me paint it in a different picture and see if this helps. Um, okay. Because I know that you know we we have other churches listening, other people who work with children's ministers ministries are going to be listening. Um, you know, w- make a let's make a case for okay. why people should volunteer for children's ministry. Sure. Uh, for our own people listening in, maybe we, you know we can continually try to prick their hearts to come and volunteer, but also giving some ammunition to some people at other churches sure. who are also trying to recruit volunteers sure. for their children's ministry. Why 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 volunteer at, right. to a children's ministry right. in the church? Well, I think if we approach children's ministry as a mission field, right. there's probably no greater or safer place to um, grow and if I can say practice, yeah, you, I mean, this is a place where you can, I think that if you can share the gospel with a classroom of children, you can probably share the gospel just about anywhere. Mm. And so there's just this opportunity to practice and grow in your confidence in sharing the gospel. Um, well, that's huge. <laughs> I think that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. I, I think Cause I think a lot of people say like the, one of the biggest hindrances to sharing your faith is you feel like you don't know how to articulate yeah. the gospel. Yeah. And it's like, well, here's a great opportunity that would also serve exactly. your church at large. And I mean, isn't it great that the gospel is so simple? Oh, it is. It's a yeah. simple message. Right. And it's like, you have to make it simple for a child. That's and right. so it kind of like un- untangles it in your mind yes. to have to sim- to make sure you preach a simple gospel to a child. Absolutely. Right? It's like, oh, it is that simple. I can't share it. Absolutely. That's so cool. And then we say often at Bridgeway that um, we serve in whatever cap- capacity we serve and it's for our joy. We yeah. just we just feel like it's for our sanctification. It's it, I would argue that I don't I don't know if you can really grow in Christ if you're not serving mm. in some way. Yeah. Um, Jesus came to serve, right. and we're supposed to become like Jesus. And so I guess that would be would be my argument for for volunteering, not because our ministry is desperate, not because Bridgeway needs you, not even because we're a family and someone has to do the dishes. But mm. I would just say that it, it's for your joy. It's yeah. for your good. It's for it's for your growth in becoming like Jesus. I love it. So we've talked about a lot of distinctives here at Bridgeway. Do you see, as you kind of look over the landscape of children's ministry, and we don't need to name names or anything like that, oh. so speak as generally as you want. Okay. Um, but, you know, maybe just to help people see the state of children's ministry and you know if you if you know if you could have a heart for all of children's ministry uh, you know at least just here in America like where where is like I guess what are the challenges facing children's ministry at large 
um, in churches around America. Like, have you thought oh, wow. about that? Because I mean, obviously, you, you you seem to be responding to a lot of this mm-hmm. in your own focuses. So you're like, you're like, well, we're going to focus on the gospel. Sure. You know, we're not going to sure. moralize. You know, we're going to have worship. And sure. it's like, so what do you feel like are some of the the main challenges up against children's ministry in churches sure. around the country? Sure, I think something that has been um, maybe kind of a uh, an eye opening eye-opening thing here in the last few months is just this idea of, um, I think you can call it cradle Christianity. Okay. What's that? And (laughs) I think, I mean, cradle Christianity are children that have grown up in a church home. So they've Mm -hmm. grown up from their earliest memories. They've always known Christ. Sure. Um, and sometimes about him or or, yes, they've known about him. Right. Um, they know Jesus is real and they know that Santa Claus is real. (laughs) And, um, unfortunately, I think we take that for granted at times. I think we forget yeah. that um, our knowledge has to, at some point, go from a head knowledge to um, a heart level. It has to turn into an affection. It mm. has to change something in us. Yes. Um, and so I guess if there's something that I've really been pressing into and um, I'm really trying to, to find the answers to, it's um, how do we break that that idea that the churched are the saved, mm. um, because we we all have to have that that defining moment of yeah. realizing I need a savior. Right, and I think ultimately, what's going to cause those affections to come out yes. is is knowing the gospel. Absolutely, like the gospel is the only thing sufficient to break through the hard heart and uh-huh. to foster the affections necessary to grab hold of Christ as Lord alone right. in faith. That's and right. so I love that you guys, that uh, I think that's the solution you're trying to provide mm-hmm. is like, we're going to preach the gospel and we're going to depend on the Holy Spirit to that's do his right. work in, in breaking mm-hmm. the child's heart and showing them their need for a savior. Right. Yeah. So there's, right. there's your call church at large, like lean on the gospel yeah. to uh, change and grab the hearts of your children. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Krista, thank you so much for being on on this fourth, very early episode of the Bridgeway Podcast. I'm so excited that you're going to be with us a bunch more as we move through this. I know this episode is going to be really helpful to a lot of people. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. It's been great. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BridgewayOKC, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchOKC. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at bridgewaychurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we will see you next week.